Yes. So because we're, we only have a couple days together, I'll keep it short. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, okay. I'll go back. You just back made Rick to... nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so I went, started going to classes. I ended up getting licensed in this industry while I had my job. Hmm. So I ended up sacrificing evenings and weekends, Sundays for the most part, and, and weeknights to master how to become financially free. Who are you? And where are you going? What do you want? Together we'll find the ideal path on The Way to Wow Show with your host, Kevin Bemmel. I don't know about you, but when I was in business, I had a lot of trouble becoming successful. And I really struggled. So I'm very excited to hear what our next guest has to say, who went through her own struggles as a single mom of four children to bring some financial security, some financial stability to her family. So I hope you'll stay tuned. But first, Blaine Adams is gonna mix up a cocktail. Thank you. Hello, so I brought a special drink for us today. This drink is actually one of the first cocktails that I ever perfected or worked on. It is my world famous gin and juice. So you're gonna start off with filling your tin with some ice, because we gotta chill it down a little bit. Then you're gonna start with fresh orange juice. You're gonna want about an ounce of that and drop it in. And you can use store-bought juice if you'd like, but fresh juice is always gonna be a little more citric, a little more fresh, and just give you a more rounder cocktail flavor. Next, you're gonna do an ounce of fresh grapefruit juice and drop that in. The grapefruit and the orange dance back and forth and make a wonderful cocktail. Next up, lime. You just need a little bit of that tartness to kind of round out the edges. You're gonna do about a half ounce of that bad boy. Then, we all need a little sugar and we gotta protect the bees, so we're gonna do half an ounce of honey. I recommend buying local, because that is the best way to support your local bees. Drop that in. Next, for color and a little bit of bitterness, you want Campari. If you've never had Campari, this is the first time to go buy a bottle and try it, and the best way to introduce yourself. Drop that in, that's a half ounce of that. And finally, what we're all here for, the gin. I recommend a nice London Dry for the gin and juice because you'll get the nice juniper backbone, but it'll take to the citrus really well. If you wanna try other gins in and out, you'll have a really good experience, but my recommendation is London Dry. And that's gonna be an ounce and a half of gin. Do that. I'm making two cocktails if you're playing along at home and wondering, why is he pouring so much? So now that that's all in my shaking tins, you guys get to see my wonderful bicep workout for the afternoon, and here we go. You wanna make sure that you shake your cocktail back and forth really well. You're not just cooling it down, you're adding oxygen as well. And that oxygen is basically forcing all of those ingredients to come together. Just like if you bake a pie and all the ingredients become a pie. So now that we have all that put together in our tin, we're gonna take our glasses, add a little fresh ice on top here. The exciting stuff. 
And this drink is also something that if you really like it, you can make a big batch and serve it as a punch at a party. All right, and then I recommend if you don't have it, you get a nice fine strainer so you keep those ice chips out of your drink and you have a nice clean drinking experience and you just pour. Ooh. Nice. Here we come. And as promised, my world famous, award winning gin. And juice. And juice. Well, I'm gonna be a gentleman this time and I'm gonna taste it with my guest. Beautiful. But I think we're going to like this. Wonderful. Thank you, sir. Cheers. Enjoy. How do you optimize your finances? So Blaine Thank mixed you. this up for us. This is his famous gin and juice. Ooh. And he says it's fantastic. So I waited, I waited to hand this to you to try it. So you ready? Thank you, yes. Okay, here we go. Mm, wow. Okay. Delish. Yeah, challenge one, I think. <laughs> thank you. So, Devorlea, thank you for coming. Thank I you mean, for having me. It's, it's cooler here than in Santa Clarita. 15 degrees, actually. Yeah, so maybe you're glad to be down here in, yes. in the city, huh? Yes. So I'm going to read a, a short biography about you so our viewers know a little bit about you. So uh, Devorah Lea Siegel knows how life can change. She went from being a stay-at-home stay mom to having to be the breadwinner for four children. She worked as a preschool teacher, a massage therapist, and an office manager, but none of these gave her the financial security she sought for her children. So she decided to use her natural ability to become a leader uh, in the financial services industry, or as she calls it, the money business. <laughs> I like that. Financial services. It sounds like something only, you know, people with a lot of money, you know, can have. But the money business is something I think we all can be involved and with. And we all use it. Yeah. Know, every day. Right. So I, I used, when I used to do um, teaching and, and kids would have trouble with math, I'd say, don't think of it as math. Think of it as money. And, and it always made it easier for them. Nice. Because now it was something they could relate to, right? So you have, you've told me some of your story, but um, if, if you don't mind, would you share some of, of the story I alluded to in, in, in your bio here with, um, you know, with our viewers? Yes. So because we're, we only have a couple days together, I'll keep it short. <laughs> so I'll, okay. I'll go you just back made Rick to nervous. <laughs> Thank you. They're limited on the film. Well, so I grew up actually right around the corner. My mm -hmm. entire life, I grew up in the Pico Robertson area. I'm the oldest of 11. I grew up in the Chabad community. And along with that came getting married young. I got married at 19. And before I was 30, I had four children. And I didn't have to think about work and money. I was more of a stay-at-home mom. I decided to become a massage therapist because I love massages. Mm. And it, I always felt if I could do that for someone, how they make me feel, that's great. There was no women uh, massage therapy um, private in the Jewish community. So that's mm. what led me there. And I ended up finding myself a single mom going through a divorce in my early 30s and got my first full-time job at a school. Mm. I was teaching preschool right around the corner. I also became a school librarian not too far away at another Jewish school. 
And I realized it wasn't about the money I was making. It was my lack of education of how mm. money worked. Because I was paycheck to paycheck on a, doesn't matter the size of the paycheck. Mm. It was my habits. I wasn't saving, I was spending. And I justified it by saying, but this is what I make and this is what I could do. And no one sat down with me to say, let's come up with a plan or what are we doing differently? I ended up uh, racking up a lot of credit card bills. Swiping the card, swiping the card. But I thought I was in a good spot because I paid my minimum payment on time <laughs> every month. <laughs> well, I had no clue that my high interest rates were killing me and that I was owing the credit card companies a lot more than I borrowed. Mm -hmm. And it caught up with me. And life also happened. I, I stopped getting any financial help that I was previously getting, and that really, really set me back. I was moving multiple times trying to figure out rent and what I could afford and keeping up with, trying to keep up with an old lifestyle that I didn't have anymore was also hurting. And when I went to cry and complain to a friend, like, what am I going to do? Uh, she said, you know, you're playing, you're in the victim mentality. You know, you're blaming this and that, but what about you becoming financially independent on your own? You know, you could do a lot. And I said, well, I, I didn't go to college. I don't have a degree. I, I, I got married really young and raised a family. And she said, well, I know someone who could help you. And you got to, you know, empower yourself. Now, if someone else would have said that to me, I don't know how I would have taken it, but this woman loved me, and I knew she cared. So I listened, and I, I got help, and I found a coach. And this person changed my life. This person helped me really take ownership of where I was going, mm -hmm. and I started to learn the financial industry, which I was petrified of, mind you, afraid. So you, t you talk about math. I, I did not do well in math in school. <laughs> I was afraid of math. And I said, money? Like, how could I help others with money when I don't really have much to, to speak of? And she said, it's not about that. You're, you're going to learn the inside out. You're going to understand how it works. And even something so simple like compound interest. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, OK. So I went, started going to classes. I end up getting licensed in this industry while I had my job. Hmm. So I ended up sacrificing evenings and weekends, Sundays for the most part, and, and weeknights to master how to become financially free. I, my goal was get out of debt, be, have my own place again, and you know, just wanted to reinvent my life. Mm -hmm. I, I had to reinvent my life because where I was going wasn't pretty. And I wanted my children to be proud of me. I really wanted them to look up and go, there's my mom. She could stand on her own two feet. She's not waiting for some miracle. I was waiting on miracles. And that's really all I knew because we live in, in, in a world where we're just so hopeful, which is great. I'm still hopeful and I believe in miracles, but I had to do the work. Mm -hmm. So I learned the work necessary and I built a practice. I built... Um, my own uh, a business organization to help others learn the financial industry while you have a job so that you can decide, do you, do you want extra income? Mm -hmm. Do you want to learn how money works? And I had to turn my life around and I was really, really grateful for the people that led me there and the ones that are still in my life every single day and took me under their wing and, and showed me how to do what I do. So. I'm curious, the woman who helped you see you needed to turn your life around, 
So you mentioned she really loved you and so you were able to hear it from her. Was was that all there was to that or was what did what did she say? What did she do that that helped you see you had to make such a fundamental change? Kevin, it's like she took a mirror and she put it in front of my face. And she said, you have so many great qualities. You have so much going for you, yet you're, you're looking at the cup half empty as opposed to half full. You need a little bit of a mindset switch and know that God gave you everything inside you to be great and you're not gonna wait around for some Prince Charming to, to change your life or some windfall from the courts to change your life or charity you know, waiting on outside sources to make your life, um, you know, work out the way you think. It's all here. And I never thought of life that way. And once you know something, you can't unlearn it. And since then, and it's almost eight years that I've had that mindset shift, I can't go back the other way. I know that I can do anything that I set my mind to because I've really overcome some obstacles and challenges and helping others do the same, it's, it's just so exciting. For people who are watching this, who have their own limiting beliefs about money, how do we start discovering those unknown blocking beliefs? Not only do I have something that can help, I have a, another story because I had to do the work. Right. I had to think about my freshest memory of where I came up with a feeling. And one of the feelings was, let someone else pay for it. That was another belief that wasn't a good one. You're at a restaurant, someone else will take the tab. You're like, relief. Okay, now it's a whole other story, which we'll get into. but. I had to think, where did that come from? Where did that come from? So I sat down with a journal and I had, it came to me. When you're really ready for it to surface, it's, it, come, it goes back. I was 10 years old and we went to a very fancy restaurant, my entire family, aunts, uncles, my grandparents were there, my parents. I think I was the only sibling, maybe my brother because it was at night and I was the oldest. But we're waiting outside we already put some, my, my aunt or my dad put the credit card down and we're outside and the owner came rushing out and said, no, no, I can't, your money's no good here. We're, it's on the house. My, my dad's a rabbi and the, my uncle was a rabbi, a principal of the school, and we didn't pay for the meal. And I remember the feeling of relief because at the, it was a few hundred dollars and we're talking in the 80s. That's a lot of money uh, for dinner. And I remember the relief mm. on them. And I, I, it taught me a lesson. See if someone else will pay for your dinner. Oh, I never realized that wow. it planted a seed in me yeah. for years. And it hit me. So I had to get quiet and think about money stories that happened as a child. How did it feel asking my father for $10? How did it feel having to choose between that pair of shoes and that pair of shoes? Can I have both? No, you only could have one, that type of thing. So the feelings around money and then what it led me to believe about money. Mm. Oh, so, so that's, so I, I, I wanna be real clear about this process because I think this, okay. is, this is really where people can benefit. So the process is to think about 
past um, situations where you dealt with money, tell, tell those stories over to yourself. Write down how you felt. And then figure, yeah, how did I feel about what happened? So actually write, it, write down the story and then say, how did I feel about this event? Yeah. And then from there you can discover what beliefs you have about money. Yeah, and we put a lot on our kids. I remember one of my therapists telling me, because um, I was telling her I had an event coming up and I had to pay for the hair and the makeup with all the girls and myself. And I remember my therapist telling me, imagine how they feel mm -hmm. when you tell your children you're worth it. By you withholding, even if it's going to be hard for you, you're telling them they're worth it. They're mm -hmm. worth you putting in the hair and makeup for them to look their best and feel their best. And that, that hit me so hard because I remember feeling not worth it. And it wasn't because anyone tried to make me feel not worth it. We, there were times we couldn't. But right. then what happens is as an adult, I don't spend the money on myself. I don't splurge. Even if it's something necessary, I tell myself, you don't need it. Mm. And I learned there's so much out there you, that you can tap into, you need to feel like a million bucks. Not spend a million bucks. Everyone deserves to feel like a million bucks. And you can do it on a tight budget and you can do it frugally. And is that a correct word? I know yeah, frugal absolutely. is my, one of my favorite words, but yeah. I never used it that way. Frugally, absolutely. Okay. But you deserve to feel like a million bucks. Everyone does. So we need to wrap up here. Okay. But, um, Last question. Now that people have watched this this interview and, and, and watched the outro too and the credits, <laughs> immediately after that, what is something they can do to start feeling like a million bucks even if they don't have a million bucks? Great question. Well, they need to take control and understand that there are six pillars when it comes to financial health. Okay, so setting up, making sure you have your emergency fund, making sure that your debt is taken care of. There has to be saving, and it needs to be in different types of buckets, like a short-term bucket, a mid-term bucket, a long-term bucket, understanding the tax implications of each of those buckets, because you can have all your money in great places, but if they're all gonna be taxable at certain points, how much are you gonna to get to keep is the real question. So understanding the tax implications, understanding the risk involved, taking some chances, but understanding there's so much out there that is updated. When you think, of, and I'll, I'll tell you like this, you think about a smartphone. We were kibitzing before about phones. Um, there are certain financial products that are compared to flip phones because they're so old and they're so outdated, they only provide one or two things. But like a smartphone, not just will let you check your, your messages, you can check your emails, you can take a picture, you can probably record this whole day. Mm -hmm. So if you knew that you can upgrade your financial products to a smartphone and have bells and whistles attached and provide you with many different things that are gonna help you throughout every stage of your life, you wanna be in the know. So taking ownership, not burying your head in the sand, sitting with someone, you need someone to help you. Um, I don't charge families and that's why I'm successful because I can help more people. I help the middle class, the, the class that's overlooked.
right? The wealthy, they have enough people. They have a lot of help. But I was overlooked, and I was working hard. I had a great job, but no one sat with me and said, Lay, I'm going to show you how. And that's what I love doing, and, I, and, and most of all, I love helping people empower themselves to have an abundance of income, learning how to have passive income, not just linear income. And so we, we talk about it all. So um, how about if I'll put in the show notes how people can get in touch with you and, and they can get in touch with you at, at no charge. You'll get them on the road to educating themselves yes. about the money business. Yes. Does that sound like, that sounds like a good action item. I think that's a great action item. So you brought a thing in and you said there's a story behind it. There so. is a story. So I know this isn't money related, but it has a lot to do with the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. I'm not sure if you're familiar with mm -hmm. those two mm -hmm. things. Okay. So during COVID, I said, I want to try something new that I'm afraid of and that I'm always jealous of others for being able to do, which is something musical. Mm -hmm. My father moved to Miami. He at the same time I thought about violin, he gave me his violin. Mm. So I said, I am taking lessons. And I started on Zoom lessons uh -huh. with the teacher. And there was one song I was just really, really focused on learning how to play. Mm -hmm. And it's a song that makes me cry, that moves me. You probably heard of it, the Alter Reb is Niggin. It is, an, it is a song that is hundreds of years old that is traditionally played at weddings when the bride and groom are walking down to the chuppah, the, the ceremony. Mm -hmm. And so I printed out the sheet music because I learned how to read the music. Okay, I learned how to play it. Wonderful. And it's about wow. trying something scary that you feel good about and that take advantage of so, um, like the technology that we have. Most people think, oh, I have to have a teacher come to the house. You can, but don't limit yourself because you can do so much on FaceTime Mm -hmm. And you can do so much to help your soul. Absolutely. And this is this is my thing for now. So, so let's 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 find a place for it here. Okay. Um, and you could maybe here or over there somewhere. Or? I think here is good. Okay. Do you like it flat? No, no okay. a little bit of an angle. Okay. Angle, okay, because yeah, that's that's typically how I like things. Yeah, a little, and a little, a little bit dynamism. of a, a little twist. There you go. All right. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming and talking to us. My honor. Thank you. Did you learn as much from Devorah Leigh as I did? Such inspiration and the idea about writing down stories of when you dealt with money, even as a kid, and then how you felt about it to uncover hidden attitudes toward money, it's really brilliant. So we were talking after the interview, she didn't originate that idea, she got it from someone else. But still, uh, it, it's just a brilliant way for getting at those beliefs that are holding us back and preventing us from finding our way to wow. Folks, if you've got someone as inspirational as Devorah Lea that you think should be on the show, we want to hear from you, so let us know courage at all times, my friends. And Marie, you're still my bell.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.